to a new RFM Thursday Finance coming your way now with Stephen Pritchard joining me, Jane Klein. We're going to take a look at mm, not long till Christmas now, only eight weeks. Take a look at that and see how you can prepare yourself financially for that with Christmas in mind. We'll have our market update with Henry Jennings from the Marcus Today Financial Newsletter and we'll take a look at currency and commodities uh, also looking at crowdfunding, which is making its, uh, itself known or a, a part of the scene in the Newcastle CBD. For our sponsor, Pritchard and Partners, Stephen Pritchard is here. And uh, there's an interesting thing happening in the Newcastle CBD at the moment, Stephen. Uh, Lynch's Hub, old Lynch's Prawn site, uh, apparently seems to need some work um, before it can be used um, as a cycle hub. In yeah, fact. yeah. Um- but uh, they're looking at crowdfunding. Yes. The, well, basically what's happened is that the old Lynch's Prawn Shop, which has been shut for uh, about 10 years, appears to have gone to rack and ruin because of uh, father of the council to uh, properly maintain another one of their assets. And uh, you want to know how much rent we've also gone there. It'd be interesting for the council to produce the lost rent numbers on that, that site. But anyhow, they've managed to rent it out. But because of the state that it's now in, it's going to cost approximately $60,000 to bring it up to a reasonable standard. And the person who's renting it's trying to raise this money via crowdfunding. And so basically how crowdfunding works, there's a number of, of, of what's called crowdfunding sites and people put various projects on there um, in an attempt to raise money. And usually how it works is you... Um, you pledge some money and you get some product or, or something in return from the startup business. Um, the, the people who are leasing this say that it's a prepayment of a product as a Christmas gift, but it doesn't actually, I actually haven't got in and seen what it is. So it's obviously following the same model. I haven't actually seen any run around Newcastle before, so this will be interesting to see how it goes. Cool. But, you know, it's once again, you know, why has the council let their assets deteriorate like this and why has it been left vacant for over 10 years? I mean, I knew the previous people who were leasing it some time ago and they were paying $45,000 a year in rent. So that's another 450000 that Newcastle City Council appears to have lost through, uh, through mismanagement. Mm. Anyhow, it'd um, be nice to have it up and running. As it'd be a nice to have it up and running instead of the eyesore. And it'd be, uh, I mean, a bicycle shop seems a good, good uh, bicycle hire place seems a, a good use to it for me. Very I just, good. I uh, hope he gets the money to repair to the council's building. Yes. Well, in the meantime, how are the world's commodities going at this stage? The world's commodities, well, there's quite a bit of black here um, compared to last week. Um, so the price of gold was up 1.1% to 16 Hundred and sixty-one dollars an ounce. Um, silver was up point six percent to twenty-three dollars and five, and and nickel was pretty much steady at thirteen thousand three hundred twenty-seven dollars a ton. Um, for all those people heading overseas, the Australian dollar has been up against all the major currencies this week. Um, we're up to up. Um, 0.27% to the US dollar of 76.47 US dollar. Uh, um, we're up 0.39 against the Great British Pound of 62 pence. And we're up half a percent against the euro to a 70 euro cents. Um, the all ordinaries, uh, the index has been uh, down um, this week um, by 1.4%. There's been a bit of bad news come out this week on a, on a number of stocks, which we'll talk about a bit later with Henry. Um, so the all ordinaries was down 5,440. 
two at, at the close yesterday. Um, the Dow Jones is pretty much steady at eighteen thousand one hundred ninety-nine, which uh, you know I think I think the U.S. markets are just basically treading time till we see uh, who's going to win the presidential election. And um, one of the leading hedge fund managers, surprisingly, came out yesterday and. Uh, said that he thinks Donald Trump's got a very good chance of still winning, mm. which was surprising. Um, and uh, the NASDAQ is also steady at 5,250. Um, UK, it's uh, down about 1% to 6,958. Um, and the oil price, uh, the oil price, the West Texas Intermediate Crude was down 3.2% to 64.48 cents Australian a barrel. And the the unleaded price in Newcastle, the fuel price was $1.25 a litre, which is down uh, 2.4%, which is good to see. But in Sydney, it was down uh, uh, almost 14% to $1.15 a litre. Yeah. So there's 10 cents a litre price difference between Newcastle and Sydney again, mm. which, which, isn't, which isn't good. Um, and in Newcastle, the diesel price was uh, $1.21 a litre, and in Sydney, it's $1.20 a litre. Um, considering the transport costs between City and Newcastle would be the same for diesel as it would be for uh, petrol. I mean, I, I can't understand why there's this continually small difference, you know, one or two cents a litre in the diesel prices, but, you know, with 10 cents a litre difference in the, the, the petrol prices, it just doesn't make any sense. I wonder if there's more diesel used in... Uh, Newcastle or more fuel, more petrol? Well, it wouldn't matter. It still, well, cost, it still costs the same amount to transport. The costs a, a should be the same, you would as a, think. As a diesel of, I'm wondering whether there might be a price strategy connected with that. Mm. Well, okay, yeah, so. that's, that's probably more the truthful, uh, the truthful answer. Thursday Finance uh, with Stephen Pritchard, and we're joined now by Henry Jennings, Senior Commentator with the Marcus Today Financial Newsletter, for our market update. Henry, my friend. Good afternoon, Stephen. How are you? Good, I'm good. That's uh, good. And uh, there's quite a few bits of news this week. <laughs> there's a lot. We're in the in the midst of AGM season, which yes. has actually turned into a bit of a um, a bit of a profit warning season. It yes. seems so usually AGM sort of passed off without a hitch, tea and biscuits for the shareholders. Yep. Bit of a chance to ch- um, talk to the directors and uh, vote on their excessive pay. Um, but uh, this year it has turned into a bit of a a bit of a slugfest, I guess, for some companies with some some serious kind of profit downgrades. So National Australia Bank announced a profit downgrade this morning. Yes. Uh, uh, well, no, that's, that's actually not true, Stephen. National Bank announced a very good number this morning. They announced $6.48 billion profit, which is not bad, I have to say. $6.5 billion nearly. Um, they kept the dividend steady, which was uh, uh, very much the focus on, I guess, that's a big focus for retail investors. That's 99 cents. There was some talk in the market they were going to cut the dividend. Um, so I know that the shares of the actual result was pretty good. Um, this wasn't an AGM. This was actually the result. So currently the stock's up around two and a bit percent. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's a good sign for the sector, I guess, which has been under a bit of a cloud. But uh, certainly those national bank numbers, pretty good. And uh, that dividend, all important, 99 cents. Yes, and uh, everyone keeps looking for their dividend checks. And, and yes. Bega, Christmas, I think. Yeah, we're going to talk about a bit later. Yeah. Uh, uh, Bega Cheese. So Bega Cheese had a, a, a <sighs> fall in the share price. Yeah, um, 
I've never been a big fan of, uh, of Beager or Murray Goldman or a lot of these um, dairy companies that don't value add, um, you know, in the same way that people like A2 Milk and Bellamy's do. Um, Beager had a joint venture with Blackmore's uh, to enter the, uh, the baby infant formula market, um, and they've tried um, in vain, it seems, and they've taken a $7 million hit on this joint venture. Uh, they're also seeing discounting and various other problems with the sector in terms of regulatory approvals for China. Um, and it just goes to show, you know, that the, the, the success stories that we've had in China and in the rest of Asia and overseas as well, um, in other parts of the world, in these um, baby formula powders is not easy to replicate at the drop of a hat. You can't just um, pin a label on, on a tin and say this is fantastic. Um, it takes you know, years to build a brand and a reputation. Even though Blackmores is uh, a very good brand with a very good reputation, um, it's um, not in the infant baby formula powder market. So, um, yeah, Bega having some serious problems and continuing. I had a big fall the other day. They fell from uh, over uh, $6.50 and are now down to nearly 5 bucks. So they've had a, uh, a big jolt back to earth. I've had a lot of these kind of high-flying favorite PE stocks, and I, I wrote an article the other day about how we love to fall in love with stories sitting around the campfire, um, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, stories tend to trump rational valuations and fundamental valuations, and eventually somebody calls out the emperor and says, hey, mate, I don't think you've got too many clothes on. But the, but the the milk powder business hadn't been going that long. I mean, you wouldn't really think that. I mean, uh, that, that they would be making great sales at this stage. No, no. Well, you know, I think they've got to they've got to give it time. But certainly, um, you know, they do seem to have, uh, I guess, thrown in the towel quite early. And we've had today. We've also had Blackmore's figures out as well, um, and they've shown a substantial decrease in uh, in sales. And things getting materially harder, I guess, for the uh, for the company. Um, their stock briefly dipped below a hundred bucks. Now, those uh, listeners will remember that at one stage Blackmores were over two hundred dollars. So they've come back a long way again. One of these high-flying PE stocks that has been dragged back to earth, uh, I guess, through their own mortality. Mm. And speaking of drag back to earth, Healthscope shares have also fallen dramatically this week. Um, yeah, Healthscope, um, Healthscope have had a similar problem with a lot of these, um, these stocks. They, um, they have been dragged back to earth considerably. They, uh, they announced that uh, they were seeing slow, uh, slower admissions in their hospital, uh, in their private hospitals than uh, they had thought. Um, and the stock has dropped like an absolute rock and has hit the whole health sector. They dropped from around three bucks and they're back down to uh, 220. So I guess there's some uh, some people starting to nibble away at these and assuming that the, the problem in September in terms of emissions to their private hospitals is a short-term thing. Certainly one of their great rivals, Ramsey Health, uh, came out and said they've had no problems and they've reaffirmed guidance, which has helped their share price uh, a little bit in the last few days, but not so much today. And um, They're still bouncing around. They had a, a bit of a fall in sympathy with HealthScope as well. So, as I say, some of these high flyers are being brought back to earth with a bit of a jolt. Mm. And then we've had some tragic events up at uh, Dreamer, which is which is owned by Ardent Leisure. Mm, yeah, I, I must admit, I'm 
not a big fan of commenting on these sorts of stocks when there's such um, a tragedy in, in the air, and it is a tragedy, and the AGM was this morning, and Deborah Thomas um, and the rest of the uh, the management board uh, face shareholders, so which was a, a very uh, a very tricky and trying meeting for all concerned, not least of which the families watching it. So I always find it hard to, to comment financially on stuff when yep. you know, four people have died tragically. Mm-hmm. And uh, West Farmers, West Farmers shares also fell this week. Yeah, well, I mean, this is, uh, West Farmers was was riding high not only a couple of weeks ago, but near all-time highs. One of the um, businesses they have, not only they got coals um, and things like Bunnings and Office Works, but they also have a coal business, um, and coking coal has been going bananas. As a result, that side of the business has been going very well and driving the share price higher. Um, unfortunately, the supermarkets business and the liquor business seem to be slowing a little, um, and sales seem to be slowing. And whether that is uh, Woolworths um, bringing the fight to Coles remains to be seen, as I believe we've got Woolworths numbers tomorrow, or maybe it's just Aldi, or maybe the deflation in the system. But certainly Richard Goyer has got his uh, his work cut out, I guess, to... Uh, to keep the uh, keep the good fight going with Coles, and they also have some serious problems still with Target. And uh, I actually spoke to Richard Goyder yesterday on, on Sky Business, and, and you know the, the big question for lots of uh, investors is how long um, you know are we going to have patience with uh, with West Farmers in pursuing the Target strategy, which looks pretty pretty poor at the moment. And and really, when truly, why you have Kmart and why you have Target, which you know. I walk into either, and you you wouldn't know which one you're in. So I don't know quite why they just don't fold them together. Mm. Um, And uh, because Kmart's going very well, and Target's going very badly. Mm. Mm. So I'm not kind of sure what's really happening there. Um, But he was very, uh, very uh, keen to point out that they're sticking with the strategy. And I guess the beauty of having a big conglomerate, which has supermarkets and hardware shops and, and coal companies in it, is that you can... Um, not always business is going to fire together, um, and that diversity can be an asset, um, but it also can be a bit of a drag at times. Thursday Finance at 22 to 1, and we are in our market update now with Henry Jennings and, of course, Stephen Pritchard. There was a new listing during the week called Seafoam. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, Seafoam. Um, the, uh, this is a company that actually has a business in the U.S., uh, in West Virginia. They make um, a high-strength carbon, um, which is made out of um, coal, believe it or not. Um, and um, they have this uh, product which is very light, um, very kind of malleable, um, and it's used um, very much in the, um, the high-tech kind of aerospace and even space uh, industry. Um, they've got a lot of orders. Uh, the stock they raised about nine million bucks at twenty cents. The stock is now seventy-two cents. Um, it closed uh, big time yesterday on a, on a massive run, um, and um, you know the, the market doesn't seem to, to be able to get enough of this at the moment. But um, you know this, this product can be used instead of titanium and aluminium and stuff like that. So um, very popular in electric cars when they're looking for uh, strength and lightweight. Um, I guess, but um, they they turn met coal into um, this kind of carbon-like material. So, I guess good luck to them. But we've we've seen these sorts of things before, um, and the, uh, the the devil is in the execution um, rather than just getting the orders and uh, and that sort of things. Because there was a company, Quickstep mm-hmm. uh, Technologies.
and showed lots of promise, but uh, it really sort of it has struggled to, I guess, deliver on the promise and has you know, required considerable capital injections along the way to uh, to keep things going. So, um, you know, it does dilute shareholders. So, um, not always good, but this one's going pretty well so far. Well, it might be another Empress stock, Henry. <laughs> it might well be. There's a few of them around. And Fortescue Metals share prices uh, is is going up again. This this is um, I, I don't even think this is an Empress stock. This is just one of the great Australian success stories. I think um, Twiggy Forest and Nev Power have done an amazing job with this uh, this company, which at one stage was uh, sort of down and out in Beverly Hills, or at least down and out in the Pilbara, and a lot of uh, analysts were. Uh, talking it down and uh, the debt killing it, all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the stock price got down to a down $1.50. Um, now, you know, you're banging on the door of five fifty six bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a huge success story with driving the costs out of the business. Um, and, of course, the iron ore price has, uh, has recovered as well. And this, um, you know, the guys have managed to pay back an awful lot of that debt. Um, they've even paid it back at, uh, you know, below what it was uh, what it was worth. So they've been even smarter than your average bear there. So um, it, it's been a great one. They had an investor day the other day, um, and everyone seems to be pretty impressed with the uh, with the stock at the moment. And uh, you do wonder how much more cost cutting they can they can do, how much more they can get down the cost curve. But uh, at the moment, the iron ore price. Um, is playing catch up with the coke and coal price, which is up a huge amount this year, and iron ore is sort of trying to follow it. So um, Fortescue very much in demand. Yes, and then something that's also very much in demand is is Green Cross. I mean, that, that's a combination of uh, veterinarian businesses and uh, pet barn. Yeah. Uh, and, and I had to take my dog to the vet the other day, and it costs more than it take, costs me to go to the doctors. Yeah, they don't miss you, do they? Uh, they do not miss you. Um, uh, Green Cross has been a pretty good story. Um, they had an AGM as well this week, and they said so they were confident of picking up uh, a more profit growth. Um, they're confident seeing more sales. Um, and I guess your experience is, um, is mirrored by many around the place. Stock has been kind of under a bit of a cloud. There is some scepticism about roll-ups, I guess. Mm-hmm. And this is one of these roll-ups where they take over vet practices or, or fold them into their big, um, their big pet barn stores mm-hmm. that they have. Um, but it does seem to be back on, on track at the moment. But uh, we'll wait and see. But as you say, it's, um, it's an expensive exercise going to the vet. I know that we have pet insurance, but it doesn't seem to cover you ever for the things that you, uh, that you have to go to the vet for, which is a bit like private health insurance, I guess. Well, that's right. And these, these pet barns and the other one the other one we go to is closer. I mean, they're amazing. They've got, I, I didn't know there was that many types of cat and dog food available. Yeah, no, it's, um, I guess you know, you're overwhelmed with choice, and at the end of the day, it's, yeah, they're only a dog or a cat, but, you know, they're part of the family. Yeah, that's right. And, um, you know... I, I have a doggy that I, I love to death. So, yeah. you know, but, but having said that, never been to a pet barn. No, okay. <laughs> um, so we have to go there to get the plants for the fish tank. Anyhow, and yeah. so something that's not going so well is commonly referred to as the worst float of the year is Temple and Webster. So they claim they're going to get back on track. I, I reckon that's going to be hard. I reckon they're going to get back on track to administration. To be honest. Yeah. Um, this company is uh, an online business that sells furniture and homewares. Um, I must get five emails a day from them trying to flog me a table lamp, a rug, or um, or something. I don't know what's 
what I signed up for, but it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, they've managed to get the cash burn down to only $800,000 a month. Um, they've taken a, a fair amount of cash burn out of the business with cutting costs, but you have to... Yeah, these guys are going up against the Harvey Normans and the Nick Scarleys and the other thing, and it's it's very hard to, um, you know, you need to be able to go and sit on a sofa, you need yep. to be able to go and lie on a bed, um, you need to be able to, it's all very well seeing a picture of these things, yeah. um, but it's quite another thing to, uh, to go and yeah, try them wanna, out. You want to go and touch it and feel it. Yeah, it's a kind of a tactile experience, I think, buying buying homewares to some extent. I mean, I think, you know, you can buy a, a lamp, but um, you've got to sell a lot of lamps online to... Uh, to make any money, so I think you know this. This one listed uh, was over a dollar at one stage, and now we're down to fifteen cents. Um, you know, I think ultimately the writing is on the wall for this one. It, it probably might escape in the end. Um, in terms of there might be some predator out there that just sees this as a, a great platform um, with good technology, just run badly, um, and somebody might just come along and knock it off and, and really slash the cost, rationalise the product lines. Um, and uh, you know, they're talking about putting in physical stores as well. Um, you know, they, they wanted to disrupt the whole homewares business, but here they are now. They're kind of kind of joining the, the status quo if they if they start putting in physical stores. So yeah, um, yeah I don't think this. Is I, I, I think the best hope is for Harvey Norman to take them over. <laughs> yeah, or someone like yeah, or someone like Fantastic, or you know that, yeah. that sort of thing, or um, you know just to uh, just to get that online platform. There will be a price, but. Uh, I think it will be, uh, they might have to pick over the bones rather than have to go into the market and buy them. Okay, well, thanks for that, Henry. We're running out of time here. We'll and talk we'll to you again next week. Catch up with you for our market update, Henry Jennings, have senior, a great com- week. Thanks, senior Henry. commentator with Marcus Today Financial Newsletter. To NURFM's Thursday Finance for our sponsor, Pritchard and Partners, and, uh, well, Stephen Pritchard. We're looking at Christmas. Of course, if you've got a question on anything to do with your finances, personal investment, taxation, etc., stock market, then you can give us a call, um, 49216216. And in the meantime, Stephen, it isn't far till Christmas. Well, someone told me last Friday that it was eight weeks to go. Mm. So uh, it must be seven and a half by now. Yes, it probably is because it's 27th. I didn't actually count it up. Yeah, so... (laughs) You know, Christmas can, can can be times of financial stress for a lot of people, and we've we've still got a bit of time to do a bit of planning to to avoid some of that. Um, and the major thing you've got to think about is is a lot of people overspend at Christmas. They they buy things they don't really need. They buy this this excess food that ends up getting thrown out. So what you need to do with eight weeks to go, you need to do a bit of planning budget, and you need to do a bit of budget on all your Christmas expenses. Who have you got to buy some presents for, um, what food you've got to buy for Christmas, what alcohol you have to buy for Christmas. And, you know, you can have a look around and, and, and see that there's, uh, I was in one of the uh, major department stores the other week um, at Charlestown Square and, and they've already had, they've got a pre-Christmas sale on all these uh, Christmas goodies, 20% off. So with a bit of planning, you can you can buy some of these in the next eight weeks at various times on sale and save yourself some money. That's not a bad idea. Um, and, and you need to look at the other thing people do is over Christmas, they, they kind of just buy things and just put it on their credit card. And then comes in January or February, depending on the billing date, they get this credit card hangover and all of a sudden they thought they'd spent $1,000 and they've really spent three and they spend the rest of the year paying it off. And then they're still paying it off when a lot of the things they've bought have been consigned to the 
to do to the rubbish bin. I can see you're shaking your yes, head. Yes, yes. You know? so, yes. So, so you've bought the you know you've bought these things that you don't really need. So it gets back to doing a bit of planning, um, which we said you know do a budget, try and stick to it, and 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 buy instead of buying three presents for the kids, buy them two better ones and that, that are going to last more than past the Christmas day. Um, and and look around for the pre-Christmas sales. Don't leave everything to the last minute because things kind of go up. Sometimes they go down, but... but Usually they go up. It's like petrol prices, you know, coming up what to about, the holiday season. What about buying them the day or so afterwards in the Boxing Day sales? Well, people always say that, but it's pretty hard to explain that to your, to your five-year-old or a six-year-old or child or grandchild while everyone else has got new presents and you haven't been getting them. Um, and the other thing is a lot of places at this time of the year have um, have these free credit card offers or, or you can uh, you, you get interest-free. You can you can buy something now and you pay it off interest-free over the next three years. Be very careful of those offers. Um, yes, you'll get interest-free, but, but the, the thing might be over five years and you find that the last two years you're paying a really high interest rate to compensate it. So those interest-free offers, make sure you pay it off in the interest-free period and probably if you if you can't afford to, put, to, to pay that level of payments, look at some other way of financing and don't take the easy option of the interest-free without, without knowing you can pay it off in the interest-free period. And, of course, one of the old ways that people used to bought, buy um, Christmas presents, and there's still a few stores around that do, is uh, particularly some of the smaller retailers, is, is lay-by. Okay. So, that, you know, you can go and put the Side, the, the, the gift aside now, pay it off lay-by up to the Christmas Day, uh, and it's got a couple of advantages. You don't pay any interest. Um, you don't have to hide it around the house with uh, uh, hiding places because the retailer keeps it, and, and, and you get it just before Christmas. So that, that's another way you can budget there as well. So I suppose if you buy things on a credit card, you're doing a similar thing, but you're paying it off you're paying, afterwards. You're, you're with, paying interest yes. and you're paying it off later. This so, way you're paying off in advance and, yes. and you're not paying any interest. Yes, so Christmas Christmas is always a lovely time, but it's nice if you don't have the pressure of Christmas is finances. a lovely time, uh, and I always love Christmas, and I like going to the shops and, and you know and hear all the Christmas carols and things. But people overspend, and, and with a little bit of effort, I think you know a lot of the stuff. You know, you see the garbage collections after Christmas. The garbage bins are overflowing. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of the stuff just gets thrown away. So I think, you know, with a little bit of uh, of planning, you can pull your budget in, cut down on the waste and uh, have a good time. Christmas made easy. Thank you, Stephen Pritchard. Thanks, Jane. And we'll be back with Thursday Finance next Thursday after the midday news on 2NURFM.